Hello, Matthew. Hey, Mike. Podcast, maybe, yes. Yeah, it's about that time. All right, let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to Hacking the Gripson. That's the name of the podcast, I think. It was last time I checked. You know, we only have 50 or something of these. You'd think we would know the name by now. <laughs> nah, it's it's more fun. It's more mysterious if you just never know what I'm going to say. I could just say, Harking the Goopson someday and totally be think that that's the name. Um, also, don't for everybody out there, don't hark your Goopson. So it's that time of year again, Matt. What time of year is it? I hear it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes. And the reason for that is because Advent of Code is back. Advent of Code is back, baby. Yes. By the time this goes out to listeners, uh, we will have done, hopefully, many more uh, puzzles. But uh, as of the time of this recording, we have only done three. Uh, we are on day three. And uh, I, have, I have solved them all. Have you solved them all, Matt? I have, indeed. I have six stars to go with my three problems. All right. I also have six stars. I I am trying to savor how that looks right now. Yep. Because it's same. beautiful. And yep. uh, I, I, it, I know, I with certainty, it will change to something less uh, pristine. But for now, it is nice. I, I'm looking at the Advent of Code homepage and trying uh, to interpret the ASCII picture that they always put. I, I guess that's a reindeer... I, I actually and, think the thing on the bottom left is a trebuchet to go along oh, with. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And and, and the, the sky, the cloud island yeah, I is assume in the that, middle. Yeah, but I, I don't know where it's... Le- like, it seems like it's actually telling the story this year. I think usually it's more like, here is a picture. Um, I suppose I could just go back and see what last year looked like, because I don't remember. It's been a year. Oh, yeah. It was just like... Oh, no. That one actually last year's also showed the path. It had like mm-hmm. the river, and then you went into the cave, and then you came out in the mountains. Right. So, so uh, they're getting they're getting clever with their ASCII art. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I'm not sure if this is the first year they've they've implemented a trebuchet, uh, but it's a nice touch. It, it, that's that's pretty meme in in the tech world. Um, trebuchets. So, just to preface this real quick, in case uh, you person listening to this does not know what the advent of code is, uh, we have done. We've done a, a few episodes on the advent of code for a few years in a row now, um, but uh, much like an advent ca- calendar that you might purchase and open up, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, punch out a little number each day and get a little a little goodie. Um, instead, <laughs> every day for us people who like to solve programming puzzles, we are given a puzzle to solve each day, and there are usually two parts. You solve the first part. If you solve the first part. Then you are given the second part, and uh, everybody's input for their puzzle is different, so you can't use anybody else's to get uh, your output, uh, which is a nice touch. So it, uh, so it, you know, at least curbs a little bit of the uh, cheating that might happen. Although, of course, this year the big news I think is people potentially using AI like Chat GPT and such to solve uh, puzzles. Um, do, do you think yeah. that's as big of a deal as uh, I mean, th- th- there, there, there was a message 
on the front page before it opens saying, you know, or, or in the FAQ, please, you know, discouraging you from doing that. But I'm curious, yeah, what are your I, thoughts on that? I think the way that the the message was worded addresses exactly the thing I would be concerned about with AI in this scenario, which is there's leaderboards, right? And like people are like actively competing and there's not like, hopefully there's not money on the line, although right. I'm sure no, no, in no, no, some no prize. there are. Yeah. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure there are groups that are like, I'm going to win this, right? Uh, <laughs> but in general, they were just like, don't use AI to get on the leaderboards. Like you can do it after the leaderboards are filled. Then like right. the top 10 or 20 or whatever it is. And I think that is very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a reasonable request. I think it's uh, it, it doesn't hurt the spirit of the game, but it still lets you do that. Like if you want to, like I want to play around with AI and see how it can solve these problems. Great. Go for it. You know, um, but don't put, don't get in the way of other people's uh, winning, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, there's kind of an, an unspoken kind of contract when you start a competition like this, that, you know, the way you're going to solve it is not with. Well, I, I guess that's the weird thing, because it's like I was about to say without technology, but that doesn't really yeah. make any sense, because obviously there is the Internet there is, you know, stuff built into editors and IDEs that help you do things. You know, uh, it, it's 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 not like that kind of help didn't already exist. But I think definitely in the last year, with the explosion of LLMs uh, allowing you to do stuff like, you know, type into a prompt. Uh, if my problem is this, give me the solution and you're at least reasonably assured to get something halfway decent out of that. That's definitely something that did not used to exist. And so it's probably very difficult for a lot of people to avoid that kind of help or technology. You know? Yeah, I would think so. It's It's been really interesting as that, as this technology has become more and more prevalent, watching friends, coworkers, random people on the internet use this technology to solve problems and it feels like cheating to me mm-hmm. because I, I, A, I haven't started playing around with them really yet. I have yeah. not used it this way, so I haven't bothered. Um, although maybe this is a way of getting around the parts of the code I hate writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, I think, or, and then the other reason I think it feels like cheating is I didn't grow up with it in the first place, right? So I, I haven't used it. And I didn't, like, it wasn't there when I was coming up. So I'm like, you kids need to learn. But mm-hmm. that was true of IDEs for a lot of people, myself included, actually, for quite a while. I was really resistant to IDEs. I'm like, it's, I, like I, want, I want full control. When I used to write HTML, I liked to do it 100% by hand with no frameworks or anything. I don't, I don't even really like to use libraries. So, like, I know... I, <laughs> I know who I am, and I know that like I I'm just being a curmudgeon about these things. Um, but I don't actually think there's a problem with it. I just it has not evolved into the into my workflow yet. Like yeah. I still Google. I don't search YouTube or TikTok or now ask an LLM. But mm-hmm. I absolutely see that that is what people are doing. And if it works and it solves the problem, what's the harm? Right. Except when you're in a competition with a bunch of other people who ostensibly are not using it because uh, I, I was reading on the, the subreddit that apparently if you just copy verbatim day two's 
at least the first part, into ChatGPT, it can spit out a working solution. Like, that's how good it is. And you could do that. And it's not like, you know, anybody's going to go to jail over it. Um, it's it's not like it's a crime to use ChatGPT to solve advent of code or even to do it to get on the leaderboard. But ethically, especially when the person who has created it and set the rules says, please don't do this, and then you do it, I feel that it is uh, an unfair advantage to yeah. trying to solve it yourself. It would it would be like if you went into an interview and did that, in my mind, only much lower stakes than an interview. But right. in an interview, if the if the person says, you know, you can use, you know, you can go look things up online if you need to get syntax. I always do that for people in interviews. Um, uh, but they say, like, don't use uh, chat GPT. Don't. Right. Just yeah. stick to the stick to the intent yeah uh i i mean do you think that like once something like chat gpt becomes as second nature as google that something like advent of code can even exist like in the way that it does now in the way that it does now possibly not um but but I think I but I think probably yes. I think it could absolutely still exist. And I and I think it just really boils down to the you know, trust, you know. I, I play a lot of D D online, um, like virtual chat as opposed mm-hmm. to in person, and we just trust that the other people are using dice. There are applications that would let us prove that we that we that the roles are real. You know, but we just trust and that's fine. Um and I, I think it's similar, right? If in most situations, if it doesn't really matter, who cares, right? And if yeah. and if solving things by AI becomes how people solve things, because I'm sure people thought Python was cheating if they grew up in punch card days, right? Right. <laughs> um, then you know the the, the world evolves, and you got to change with it. Yeah. Maybe the problems will just become, like you said, difficult enough to parse that the AI can't deal with it. Right. Yeah. My, my, my thought process was that the problems just have to get harder in order to keep up. Um, but also using your hard for computers, not for hard, not harder for people. Right. Right. Uh, I, I was thinking uh, to, to your point about like punch cards versus Python, you know, I was thinking how, you know, obviously there's, um, like big commercial, logging industries, you know, that I'm sure probably don't go out to the trees and cut them down with axes one by one by a person. You know, they have machines or at least chainsaws or something like that. Yeah, I but, saw Fern Gully. I remember what those machines look like. <laughs> but, but you could say that like, oh, well, you know, when I, in my day, I chopped down my trees with an axe and using a chainsaw is cheating or using a machine, you know, an industrial machine is cheating. And to that point, there's still people who like to chop down their own trees, or there's even competitions of chopping trees down with an axe because there's people who still enjoy the yeah. value of if we limit what we can do to an axe, who's the best? Because, yeah, if we just say chop the tree down as fast as you can, however you want, the technology will win. But there's still value in, I don't know, as I say it, like there's still value in comparing human achievement with limitations. It sounds so yeah. weird. When you but say also, it out loud. I think you know it's it's in, they're interesting challenges. You're challenging a mm. different m- muscle, sometimes literally. Uh, <laughs> um, when you do those, like I, 
one of the reasons I have not gotten into 3D printing, and it's like always right there on my like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. But the reason mm. I haven't is that I got into woodworking during the pandemic. And a lot of the things that I might maybe do uh, in woodworking, I would just print. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, maybe some little things. And I feel like, but I like the experience of working with my hands. And I enjoy that. And I find it is a, a meditative in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And I like the results. Like, they, they look nicer. They, so, you know, chopping down a tree is a useful skill to have in like a post-apocalyptic world, right? Mm -hmm. Woodworking is. 3D printing, not so much yet. Uh, you know, if you know how to keep the electrical grid up and produce filament, I guess then sure. <laughs> so so you're saying that you, you actually got into woodworking because you're preparing for the, for the apocalypse. I mean, that's not what I'm saying, but I, yes. <laughs> no, but I've always been interested in survival just because I'm like, what if I get stuck on a deserted island? Yeah. I won't. It's not going to happen. I'm not actually worried that's going to happen. But what if I did? Cool. Right. I know how to do stuff. Well, and if you did, uh, I would have to, like, you know, write down or print out uh, the instructions for the advent of code each year and, and mail them to you on your island uh, because you Ooh, would not be able to get the internet. I, I'm not good at coding without a, without a computer these days. No, no, paper and pencil, man. That's the only way. You got to... All right, but I'm just going to write ones and zeros, and you're going to have to just send me back the results. Okay, yeah. You have to be my compiler, or my assembler, I guess. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much Advent of Code. Uh, puzzles every day, and you work on them. And uh, I think this year's might be a little harder than previous years in the first few days. Um, it's, I mean, it's still very similar uh, in the, the kind of questions, a lot of, a lot of string parsing. Uh, but, um, it's been a little rough, but thankfully I've gotten through it and, uh, and, and I think, uh, that it's still worth doing and I still enjoy doing it. And like you said, with the woodworking, you enjoy, you enjoy the way you make the thing, even though you could use a 3d printer and I could just copy and paste it into chat GPT, or I could just start coding and see how well I can do. And I think I get more enjoyment out of that. So I see your point. I think that's actually an interesting thing we could talk about um, before we go into the details about the individual problems in, in probably the next episode okay. um, is did you put any limitations on yourself for coding? I know that like last year I challenged myself to do everything in TypeScript because mm. I wanted to get better with TypeScript. Um, is there anything that you're like, like uh, what language are you doing it in? And, and uh, is there any challenges that you're submitting for yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm doing it in, I'm doing the whole thing in Sanskrit, uh, that wow. dead language. I figured that it's about time I finally learned that language. So, um, it's tough. It's tough, but you know, I'm going to get there. No, uh, I'm doing it in Ruby. Um, I did think about doing it in something like Rust or Zig or Go, which are all languages that I don't, I've really done nothing with. And so it would be fun, but your point about, uh, dealing with the pitfalls of a new language at the same time that you're just trying to finish the problems uh, hit hit pretty close to home. And so I kind of defaulted to Ruby, much like I'm assuming you defaulted to Python. I did. Even though I have not written Python in like a couple of years now, yeah. I still just think in Python more than I think in TypeScript. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going all Python this year. And part of the reason is I, I to, to my point about challenges... Uh, I haven't done this one yet, but I intend to. 
uh, is I want to start doing visualizations. We have a friend who, uh, who often puts together like, it's almost artwork, but it just helps visualize like the problem as it's going. And yeah. some of the problems we've run into, I've already gone, well, if I had, to, if I'd set up my visualization stuff, that would really help me solve this problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then the other thing I'm doing is, is I'm trying to challenge myself to be better about like cleaning up my code as I go mm. and not just leaving a bunch of garbage in there. And if I need to, if I have two methods that are similar that in re- in the real world, I would merge into one. I'm doing that, which is costing me more time, but mm-hmm. I'm also finding like my code skills are getting sharper again. That that's cool. Yeah. The the other thing that I'm doing uh, is, is not any kind of uh, is it. I I'm not doing anything to like make my code better necessarily like that. But what I am trying to do is I'm putting all of my solutions into a website, uh, and I'm doing it in Ruby on Rails, which is something that I have not done in a long time. Uh, probably like a decade. I haven't touched Ruby on Rails, and I never really, I never really got it. I never really like finished a real web app beyond just like something very toy. Uh, so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make it to where, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of accidentally recreating the advent of code 2023 website, but locally in a Ruby <laughs> on Rails app because I, you know, I made a model a model of a puzzle and what a puzzle has and, you know, creating CRUD operations to make them and look at them and delete them. Um, and then having links at the bottom for the input and my code, my solution. So it's, it's sort of like I'm in, I'm enshrining it in something Mm -hmm. that I'm very familiar with, which is a website. Um, I'm surprised I never thought to do this in the past because I, I do this kind of stuff all the time. I love making, website front ends to things. And so I'm basically making a front end to my journey uh, this year. And I figured, well, if I'm going to be doing it in Ruby, I might as well do it on Rails. And it also is like, you know, the last time I touched Ruby on Rails, I think it was version like, I don't know, three or four, and it's now seven. So there's definitely some changes. And so I'm, you know, I'm looking through some of the new stuff. Um, I mean, it's not that different, but yeah, so that's, it's not really a challenge, but that's kind of the new interesting thing I'm doing this year. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. yeah and I, I think that kind of thing, like adding the visualizations, adding the website and doing those kind of things is really fun. And I think that's, you know, going back to the AI discussion, um, that's the kind of place where that kind of stuff could come into play is, yeah. you know, I really want to get better at AI. I want to still challenge myself to do this, solve these coding problems as coding problems. Um, but, you know, I want to let the AI like analyze my solution afterwards or have like learn how to optimize my code using the AI, like they're adjacent things. So you're still solving the problem yourself, but you're using the AI for like helper stuff. I think that's totally fine. And you know, very, very much within uh, uh, the spirit, I think of the competition because that doesn't affect the competition. Yeah, no, I like that. I I never thought about using it as like a, like a postmortem, optimizational kind of way but i like that a lot like I figure it out on your own it. and and then and then let the robot let, let then give the yes. robot a chance <laughs> yeah. tell tell me what i did wrong robot that's like when i solve wordle problems um there's now an analyzer on on their website it's like look at how you did and it'll tell you and it's like you did not pick optimal words it's basically what it tells me every time um <laughs> yeah. no uh, i was just saying uh i mean so we're doing advent of code We've done it a few years in a, in a row. Um, I think I mentioned last year that I did like a, um, 
uh, I forget what it was called. It was like Tiny Code Christmas, which was a similar kind of Advent thing where every day you're given like a challenge and you have to code it, except it was using, uh, I think I was using Pico 8, and Pico 8 is is like a very limited resource, limited resolution, limited memory, uh, like retro console kind of thing. And so it's it's defined by its limitations. Um, but it was also very visual. Speaking of visualizations, it was like every puzzle was a, um, you know, make this cool visualization. So it's like every day when you're done, instead of just having like a number that you put into a box and you're, which is kind of anticlimactic, you have a cool you know, animation or something. Like, I think the first day I made, like, snow falling or something. So uh, I, I didn't think about doing that this year, and I don't think I will just because I feel busy enough with this. But I'm curious, are there any others that you were interested in doing this year? Yeah, I saw two. Um, I lost I lost where the other one was because uh, I went to do it, and the barrier to entry was annoying. It was like mm. I had to sign up before I could even see what the problems looked like. Oh, lame. But it was supposed to be easier, like... The, the article that linked me to it was like, this is easier than Advent of Code if you find that too hard. And I was like, well, that sounds promising. <laughs> uh, but then I, it wouldn't even let me see an example. And I was like, well, no. <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't take much to turn me off of things. But the one I am doing mm-hmm. um, is uh, called Advent of TypeScript. Hmm. Um, I will send you the link here, and then I'll say it out loud. But I'll put the link in here so you can put it in the in the notes. Okay. Um, but it's typehero.dev slash AOT dash 2023 or 2023, 2023, right? Uh-huh. Typehero.dev slash AOT dash 2023. Um, this also looks visual. Yes. Well, it's it's different okay. than Advent of Code for sure. Um, Please tell. So uh, it's, I mean, there's only been three days so far, but so far they've all focused explicitly on like, uh, defining types Hmm. so they have they've written out all the tests um and then you in the top they have like the ide all there like if you're doing uh like a shared coding thing online or a interview type thing you know same same deal where you've got like the editor on top and then it you can run tests on the bottom Mm -hmm. um so like the first one there just had me define a type that would uh, that could be used for Santa's favorite cookies. And it was just, you know, there's only two options because there's only two cookies. And so it just used the union uh, type type in uh, in TypeScript. Mm-hmm. I said the word type too many times in that sentence. Uh, type, 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 type. <laughs> type, 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 type. Um, and so like that one was really easy. But then the next day, uh, day two, I didn't even understand what the question was because um, they were asking to... Uh, update the type so that it will return a union of all of the names of the various different cookies. Uh, and I was like, what does that even mean? So I went and like learned stuff about TypeScript <gasps> that I didn't Gasp. know. I know, right? And then I came back and it ended up, I, I had way overcomplicated it and then I got it down to like a tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then today's was much easier, except I uh, I learned more about generics. Um so like it's all these little they're they're small things. It's it almost reminds me of like a lesson of the day calendar yeah. more than an advent. Um and I'm actually really digging it because like my my object oriented skills are good and my like base programming and TypeScript skills are good, but my specific weird nuance like tricks in mm-hmm. TypeScript are not great. Mm-hmm. I do things the the way I would code it in any language and sometimes there's uh additional tips and tricks and those are those are kind of fun to learn. 
Yeah, this this really reminds me of like a like a well crafted tutorial to learning mm-hmm. it, as opposed to uh, Advent of Code, which is sort of, I mean, thematically they're linked, but mechanically they're often very different. Um, like, is is this how you would want to learn a new language by doing something like this? Um, I don't know if it's how I'd want to, but it would be effective. I could definitely huh. see places where I would want to do something like this. Yeah. Um, in particular, if I didn't have a lot of time, like this, I haven't spent much time doing these every day, unlike Advent of Code, <laughs> <laughs> um, which, as we mentioned, is harder this year. Uh, so it has taken more of my time. But um, there's also I'm not competing with anyone because I don't know anyone else doing it. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just using it as like, oh, I, I got to, you know, People are late to this meeting. What can I do right now? Or, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm killing time while I'm waiting for a compile, right? And so, I'm, but I'm and I'm learning stuff. And so, from that aspect, just like short little nuggets of like, here, try this problem and learn things. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, the daily thing, I don't know, would be the way I would want to learn something in general. That's too spread out. I'm I I I want it all now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, I mean, but it's really I, effective means yeah, of teaching. I, I, I think if this were to be used as a tutorial like it would it would they would just have to unlock all the days at once kind of a thing um you know like netflix <laughs> but dripping them out day by day yeah not so good um no this is very cool uh you know this makes me wonder if there are advents of probably all different kinds of other languages that do very similar things it just i i, I don't know why the advent of code didn't immediately spring forth a desire to look for other ones, but I think that's just because for me, Advent of Code is quite difficult and takes a long time, and I literally just don't have the brain power to do another one. You know, Advent of TypeScript is the kind of thing that that sort of bite-sized problem solving is the kind of thing I would love to put together as a like a Wordle like um, somehow. Oh. Uh, like that that's really fun to me is like here is a puzzle to solve. Yeah. Um, and and like I bet I bet there's a way to do that. And I'm going to I'm going to think on it because if I can come up with a way of especially if I can come up with a generating them and not having to write them myself, just fun little chat word problem type things. Cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe I, I'll use AI for that. <laughs> yeah, well we 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 mentioned uh before on the podcast um uh oh man, what's the daily one that we used to do that was code that we don't do anymore? Proggle, Proggle, Proggle. P-R-O-G-L-E. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a challenge. It was just uh, figure out the language uh, from either its statistics, its attributes, or a, a snippet of it. Um, but I did learn a lot about languages through that. Right. No, Proggle was awesome. But I think the issue that it ran into is the same issue that um, that you might run into if you try to make one of these. Is that it's hard to come up with new, daily, interesting puzzles you know like 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 it's hard to think of especially a programming puzzle like i don't know how you would build an engine that spits out good daily puzzles or even just one to start with you know like that's what i would like to think about and i know leaked code has like a daily puzzle thing or it did at one point anyway i haven't been on in a couple years now um but leaked code tends to be the types of problems i don't enjoy solving so (laughs) Like, fun problems is what I want, not this might be asked on an interview problems, although the things I ask on interviews are fun, so yeah. take that. 
Well, well, I, well, I think, as I mentioned before, one of the cool things about Advent of Code and even Advent of uh, TypeScript is is that, you know, they try to couch all of this in, you know, that, that tried and true word problem as opposed to mm-hmm. just saying... Because, you know, they could just say, here's an input, figure out a thing, go. But instead, you know, they, they try to soften the blow a little by 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 making it seem like it has some real world application you know on advent of code you're always helping santa or helping the elves or doing something christmas related um and so th- that al- that already softens the blow a little bit and makes it a little less dry um so i mean that yeah so if you were to come up with a daily word problem or po- uh, programming problem i mean you'd not only have to make something that works something that's doable something that's fun something that has a theme uh yeah that's that that's a tough one it's interesting that you said that it makes it you didn't say easier it makes it more palatable or something yeah uh word problems do because most people that i know do much worse with word problems than with just like in math anyway yes than just like direct because people have trouble parsing out the actual requirements mm-hmm. from like i think that's what that's one of the things that makes a strong math background lend itself so well to software engineering uh, is because you've spent years <laughs> uh, of your life uh, in school extracting requirements from poorly worded problems. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually heard uh, some theories that uh, there are, there's what's really interesting about advent of code is to, to quote uh, little Alex Horn from taskmaster, all the information is on the task. <laughs> uh, like the information you need is all there. But sometimes it takes some teasing to pull it out. Yeah. And like some like, oh, did I miss a thing? What what was the edge case? Because it's not just like bullet points. It's here's this story. Right. Solve this problem. And so I, I had read a theory that it's intentionally done that way, not just for the entertainment value, but also to match sort of real world customer doesn't actually know what they want uh, <laughs> type of requirements. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. And yes, in general, word problems are harder than a simple question. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, it's it's like reading comprehension. You know, th- there's definitely it, it's even outside of the logic. It's just can you read this problem and tease out what it's actually trying to ask? And I think a lot of the problems uh, that come up, especially, I mean, even even for me and for the people on you know that post on the the subreddit, is that uh, assumptions are made. You know, that you assume that it means this when it doesn't explicitly say or like a lot of things like the test cases that they give you don't necessarily cover every possible edge case. And some people get a little rankled by that because they feel like the test case should cover every possible thing that at least comes up. in Which the, is not realistic the, to the right. real world. It's not realistic. <laughs> and it's it's yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of people's issue with math is that it is too dry and there isn't a real world application that they can see. And so I think Advent of Code does a really good job of kind of marrying the let's tell a story, let's have a theme, but let's also have like a real meaty problem that is also somewhat realistic and can be solved in a realistic way that if this were happening in the real world, you you might take this approach. And uh, and like you said, yeah, the customer specs are not always focused as focused as you'd like or as specific or as... Uh, clear and uh that's all part of it it's all one big package and so i you know once again i mean we commended 
Advent of Code last year and the year before that on, they do a really amazing job of putting these puzzles together and making them work pretty, they're pretty airtight. You know, anybody who complains about like there being a bug in them, I think generally is proven wrong. Uh, I, I have not heard of I any. have not. I have not been right once <laughs> when I'm like, no, there's <laughs> definitely something wrong. Yeah. Nope. I was, I was, the thing that was wrong was me every time. <laughs> so this is really just a, a, a masochistic, uh, um, yeah. exercise here. But we learn by being wrong. That is how, pe- that's how humans learn. Yeah. So, you know, another thing just to follow up on the, what am I doing different this year? I'm trying to be a lot less. What's the what's the right way to put this? Like stringent. Yeah. It, well, in general, when I first started doing Advent of Code, I was I was very like, okay, I'm going to solve this puzzle. I'm going to solve it in isolation. I should be smart enough to f- to figure this out. I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to go outside of the page with the puzzle beyond like you know like googling you know syntax or or something like that in the language I'm using um, to figure them out. And, you know, within a week of doing that first advent of code, I was like, I, I nope, nope, that's not going to work. Um, and also, I think it's kind of, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's healthy to think about it that way, especially for me, because there's a whole internet of people. There's a whole community of people working on this. And programming is a social and communal act uh, in the real world. You know, yes, you might be a super rock star guru who can just, you know, figure these things out by yourself with no help. And that's great, but I'm not. And it's foolish to just like turn my nose up for some sense of pride at the resources that are available. So I'm trying to be much less hardlined about that this year. Yeah. I think that's actually a good idea because if you, cause I've fallen prey to that same, uh, that same issue of, of not wanting to look online because it again feels like cheating, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I'm like, well, I'll learn more if I do it myself. Well, that's true to a point, mm. but at some point, it's like, well, I don't know how to solve this, and I'm not going to spend, you know, eight hours a day, forty hours a week working on this because it's not my full time job. But I do think it would be useful for my brain to know how to do these things in the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So let's look at the solution, implement the solution, understand the solution. Okay. You know, I won't necessarily do it the day of. Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it depends. Hold your it depends on how stuck I am. <laughs> it depends on how stuck I am. Like the December 24th one, almost always. I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's always really hard. Yeah. But I, I think I, I commend you for that uh, uh, insight into your own uh, way of working. It's it's tough, though. It's very tough because especially uh, when you're in a, a private group with people who tend to. I mean, I, I don't know how much help you guys are going to look for over the course of the month, but you still always finish it before me. You know, at best, I'm third on the leaderboard. <laughs> I'm sure that will go down as time. But, you know, like you said. Uh, there's no prize money involved. There's no fame. This is really just, it's an exercise. It's like, it's not, it's, you know, there are people competing for sure, uh, but it's really an exercise and I should be using it to just get better and learn and, you know, and and just have some fun, you know, and, and, and that's easy to say and hard to do, but you know, I'm at least putting it out there for the record. (laughs) I think that's the way to do it. All right. So that's the advent of code. We will be doing that this month. 
Uh, Matt will hopefully still be doing the advent of TypeScript, and maybe I'll pick up another random one uh, for fun. We'll see. You just never know, because you never know how these problems are going to go. Like, like they're they're pretty meaty already, so I I don't know what this bodes for the rest of the month, but, uh, you know, it's still fun to do. So that wraps up uh, this intro to uh, Advent of Code 2023. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to listen to more of our Hacking the Grepsen episodes, they're at hackingthegrepsen.com. Uh, we try to put out an episode every other week on Wednesday. Uh, this month, because of Advent of Code, that may change a little bit, depending on uh, what we can get to. I know, Matt, you're going to be vacationing this month, so we're not going to be able to do our uh, once-a-week check-in that we did last maybe year. I will, maybe I will literally phone it in. <laughs> send you, here's my thoughts, and you can kind of talk about it. Like, here's what Matt said. <laughs> okay, yes, I'll just insert you. So we'll see. But until next time uh, we talk, we now return you to your regularly scheduled lives already in progress. 